flat mountain. I've been so excited about the simultaneity being able to be packaged into an artistic distillation of the nature of reality. And it's so beautiful how the flatness is so deeply resonant with the non-dual. Meanwhile, the mountain is so resonant with the path to enlightenment. The diamond necklace that is already around each of our necks yet it remains for us to recognize it. And that's why it's called the veilless veil. That's why it's called the gateless gate. The flat mountain, the bubbleless bubble, the pathless path. As Adi Shankara says, I am in my village, yet I need a path to get to my village. As Fred Davis said on our show recently, I'm in the chair in my office, but can you show me the path to the chair in my office? You have the diamond necklace around your neck, yet... We're seeking externally for what is already present right here. And so that's why the Sufi metaphysic says only those who are truly ignorant seek what is already there, yet it remains for you to recognize it. And it's beautiful. Because it both encompasses the non-dual, the flatness, while it also encompasses the dual, the seeking, the enlightenment, the recognition of, as Rumi said, the diamond necklace already around our neck. And there's a lot more nuance to it as well with true simultaneity, especially in the sense of what the, quote, individual has become in modernity because the last couple hundred years and especially the last couple of decades have shown us that each one of the diamonds each jewel around our necks is refracting the source light in a unique artistic expression and because of that we must also simultaneously adore the unique individuation while we also simultaneously recognize the ultimate as the non-dual and that's why when you look at the eye of each human you see the pupil itself is the non-dual the eternal the infinite the awareness that is shared Meanwhile, the iris, the unique coloration for each individual, 
is the beautiful artistic expression of the infinite, of our source, into this dreamed creation design. And that's why the infinite amount of modulations or fluctuations of energy from a perspective of quantum mechanics give the appearance of form, give the appearance of matter. Similarly, the infinite amount of modulations or fluctuations of music, they give the infinite combinations of songs that can be played. Similarly, with an artistic palette of colors, all of the different combinatorics and permutations of those color combinations that exist and this creation design being one of those color combinatorics, being one of those songs musically, being one of those energetic appearances quantum mechanically. All of these codes are very explain like I'm five. All of these maps are very childlike. The analogies are very first principled and they're very friendly for children because the codes are right under our nose. The maps are right under our nose. The simplicity is critical. And for those that also haven't seen the flat mountain visual, this is it, and we will be referencing it here throughout. All right, let's jump into the flatness in the true simultaneity. So again, the true simultaneity can be thought of as the ultimate non-duality, the ultimate infinity, the ultimate ineffable, the ultimate absolute, that is eternal. And then the next layer simultaneously is the dualistic concession, which we will get to here in a bit, of there being something to seek, of there being enlightenment, of there being well-being versus suffering. And of entrepreneurially and creatively architecting the social fabric to become more prosperous and more abundant and tackle our biggest challenges and maximize human potential in this dreamed creation. 
and then simultaneously there's one more layer and that layer is of the individual of the multiplicity and that is the pupil that is the iris around the pupil that is the unique creative expression of each of us of infinity of source And to be able to hold these simultaneously is the nature of reality. To be able to navigate them flawlessly and frictionlessly and gracefully and wisely and tailor every single conversation to these layers that you have is it. So the flat is the non-dual, the ineffable, the absolute, the ultimate. This is what tatvam asi means, which means you are that, I am that, we are that. Just like John 10.30 says, I and my father are one. Again, these are perennial wisdoms across the planet that we are it we are god we are that we are the ultimate we are the ineffable we are that expressing itself eternally and this is just one expression this dreamed creation design is one expression and therefore there's nothing to seek you're already it and there's this always already present this very isness it's very subtle, but just the very isness of this dreamed creation of life, that very isness is already perfection. That is already the ineffable, that is the absolute. It's eternal, it's gorgeous, it's fireworks that are endless and that just make you want to drop your jaw and just be in awe at the creativity and the art and the play. And this is also the flatness of the paper. So the very fact that the image itself is flat, the paper is flat, that's that non-dual component to it. There will be another one that we'll discuss in a bit. around that as well therefore there's also no ego death there's no divine rebirth all is simply story that it's simply myth that it's simply awareness colorfully explaining the fireworks that it's experiencing And it's cool for awareness to explain the fireworks that it's experiencing. But is it possible for awareness, which is an agent of the infinite, of the absolute, is it possible for that awareness to be able to create a detailed, symbolic explanation of itself, of the absolute, of the ineffable, of the ultimate? 
And that's why the law of one and many of the other traditions say, be the wind. Why try and capture the wind and put it into a book? My reaction to that is that this expression of the infinite is simply intuitively channeling the artistic expression, which is to look at itself and want to put the wind artistically into a book and into interviews and into animated series and anthologies and into enlightenment media. And therefore you don't have to become Buddha, Christ, Ramana Maharshi. You are already the awakened one. And this is where the synthesis with modernity is so fascinating, especially with science and technology and engineering. Because the same way that we're decentralizing everything right now, we're turning everything into a hierarchy, is very much like the non-dual tradition. It's fascinating. It's like the mycelial networks underground as well because they are very much like the decentralized non-dual neurological neural network of nature of evolution of the dreamed creation design that this is and then to sort of juxtapose that with the mountain and the mountain is very much like centralized and very much hierarchical and simultaneity would say that yes it's important to both have decentralization and also to have centralization why well in the sense of simultaneity when you undergo a broken bone you want to know hierarchically who is the best surgeon around for you to get your broken bone fixed? Quite simple. You can even boil it down to, I would like a watermelon. And it's like, hmm, who's the best local farmer for watermelons? That's going to be a reoccurring theme forever, is synthesis, distillation, simultaneity how many of the layers can you hold simultaneously once you learn how to hold all of the layers simultaneously you win once you learn how to navigate those like a jedi and tailor it to each and every single experience that you have you win so the mountains the dualistic concession this means that there's seeking there's finding there's enlightenment there's vidya and avidya, so there's knowledge and there's ignorance. There's remembering and there's forgetting. There's the GPS callback. 
which is like the parable of the prodigal son. So in the parable of the prodigal son, in the Abrahamic tradition, the son goes out and out and out and hits a breaking point. And then he turns back inward, back to his family, back to the awareness consciousness itself as an analogy, as a metaphor. And going all the way to that God realization, to the realization of the absolute, of the ineffable, of the ultimate. And in doing so, enables Wu Wei, enables effortless action, enables the channeling of the highest morality into the social fabric in the tantric path of weaving the enlightened realizations. So there's no more egoic, separate, contracted, finite entity that's going and self-dealing and greedy and scared and fear-driven, anxiety-driven. That has dissolved like a sugar cube in the hot tea of infinity, and now it's a natural process as the creative expression going outward harmonically with the planetary ecology, with understanding the other as the self, as the one, and just being a unique creative expression of that. So there's never any malintent. It's impossible. And so... Your tool belt here on the mountain is the different resources that you pick up because there are so many of these different paths and there's so many of these different signposts on these paths and the signposts are things like the meditation retreats and the aphorisms and the books and the sages and all of these perennial wisdoms and you and you accumulate them into a beautiful lattice work and that lattice work is your tool belt because the more of these faces the more of these paths the more of these signposts the larger and more robust and beautiful and like a associative web of harmonics that you've built up if you know how to play several of the notes in the octave instead of only one or two notes in the octave you're going to be able to play a more harmonic melody as the individual in the symphony as in you have a higher possibility of enlightenment a faster enlightenment a more a process of finding, like we'll talk about in Wadat al-Wujud, that is such a style of finding where the light bulb stays on, the Satori stays on, and you get there fast. And that has a lot to do with this tool belt. It has a lot to do with the breadth of the lattice work. How many of the different paths have you studied? How many of the different signposts have you analyzed? Because that same style of 
understanding applies directly to the story of Joseph and the Coat of Many Colors, or the chameleon consciousness, the interviewer consciousness, the synthesis consciousness. And when you get to that level, your ability to navigate on a conceptual latticework as well as on an emotional intelligence level, game over. And especially if you have the digital quotient in modernity with memetics, with knowing how to operate on the level of running the channels across the different social platforms, mwah, game over. And that's why, as Alan Watts said, we have these many paths, but we have this one end. And very similarly, Aldous Huxley and many others came to the same conclusion. They just went out and studied all of the perennial wisdoms across the mystic traditions. Likewise, I did as well. And the conclusion is, is that they are all different faces. They're different paths to the same one end, to the same recognition of the eternal awareness, the eternal consciousness that is being colored by experience through all of the different creation designs. And this is just one expression of that. And awareness and consciousness is the God realization, being aware of awareness. And then even that in itself is dreamed. Even awareness or consciousness is dreamed by the absolute, by the ineffable. That is our source. All right, and you can see that you have L0 there at the bottom. The L0 is very much like the ego. So again, in the flatness, there is no L0 to L10. And I'm exploring playing with the levels slash layers as L7 at the top because of the chakras. And I think that's fascinating to take that crown chakra and have that be at the top in the absolute so to have it be on a scale from 0 to 7 instead of 0 to 10 which I think is fascinating and the L0 is very much like the ego and the non-dual tradition would say that you know the mountain portion doesn't exist and yet the simultaneity says that the non-dual is the ultimate, that this doesn't exist. And yet at the dualistic concession level, we'll say that that person is suffering. Ultimately, the suffering doesn't happen, ultimately. But here in this creation design, the person is suffering. And that's because they believe they're a finite, contracted, egoic, separate entity. And that they want the eternal, imperturbable peace and causeless joy by acknowledging and recognizing the diamond necklace is already around their neck and that they are not going to find it by seeking the temporal objects that exist outside. And so these layers or levels, they go up to the absolute. And you can think about them like the chakras in a sense that each one of the levels is slowly rising you up more and more like you can get to level one 
in one of the paths and you can be in level three in another one of the paths and then you encounter somebody that's at level five in the path that you've never explored you've never heard of Taoism or the Tao Te Ching and this person's already at level five on that path and what do they do when if you have a high emotional intelligence if you know how to ask them questions what do you do you ask them really good questions and they teach you and they rise you up to like level two on that path over a span of just a couple conversations and then you share with them what you've learned about your level one and level three on your paths. And that's how the dialectic works to recognize the diamond necklace around the neck. That's what I've spent the last couple of years doing. And so at the top is the absolute, the ineffable, the source, the intuitive sense of infinity beyond experiencing. And that absolute enables the experiencer and the experience. So the top of the mountain is the recognition of the flatness of the paper. So you can be at level zero. You can be in an egoic state. If you told me five years ago that, hey, there's nothing to seek, I would have no idea what you're talking about. Hey, this is just a dream. Everything's just non-dual. Everything's already perfect. It's just a bunch of energy modulating. I would have no idea what you're talking about. And so this is the multi-thousand-year discourse that's been happening between the sudden versus gradual awakening. And the reality is that it's simultaneous. It's both. I had a very gradual awakening over several years leading up to my very sudden Satori on December 18th. And one of the series that we're developing here is around Satori and sharing people's Satori with the world and making that fun to do. And so we have many of these projects lined up and if you want to support us, you can join below. And so that's why it's important to recognize when you look at the Neo-Advaita tradition that a lot of the satsang movement around the straight communication of the absolute, of the ineffable, directly to level zero, level one, etc., is both very efficacious and it's also skipping a lot and when you skip a lot people don't get it a lot of the time like the ego wants to take it and just say that great it's all a dream nothing matters and then it just goes off and continues self-dealing and continues being greedy and seeking conspicuous consumption and materialism and fame and clout and all that type of stuff that then ends up hitting a breaking point anyway and turning inward, just like in the parable of the prodigal son. And again, this continues to point over and over again to the true simultaneity being the most paramount thing here. Because when you know how to 
tailor, like Joseph in the Coat of Many Colors, the conversation across all of the layers. You can work with somebody at the zero level and work with somebody at the two level. You can work with somebody at the four level. Maybe they're four on one path and three on another path and you understand that because you have a very robust lattice work yourself. And then what happens is you're able to tailor the mirroring of the God consciousness to them. So you, through questions, can serve as a mirror of the God-realized state. And then that person... That's why the non-dual Neo-Advaita direct path is sometimes a panacea. And there's more tailoring that can happen where we can say things like suffering is acting as a drill sergeant for your awakening to somebody that's maybe at level zero. Whereas in the Neo-Advaita tradition, they would say something along the lines of suffering doesn't exist. This is all just a dream. And that person would be like, ah, oh. and you can see where I'm going with this. Five years ago, hearing suffering is a drill sergeant for awakening makes a lot more sense than five years ago hearing that suffering is a complete dream. This is all a dream. It doesn't exist. And so that's the ability with simultaneity with Joseph in the Code of Many Colors, with being able to navigate all of these layers like a ninja, to mirror in the God-realized state in a way that can fluidly navigate all of these layers from the ego to the absolute, from the non-dual to the dualistic rhythmic balanced interchange and also to the dualistic seeking and finding and enlightenment and also to the multiplicity and the individuality and the manyness of the unique artistic expression at the level of the iris. So the paths are the roads to the diamond necklace that is already around your neck. As again, Adi Shankara said, I am right now in my village, but I need a road to reach my village. The signposts are like the tool belt, the books, the meditation retreats, the aphorisms and the sages. And skillful spirituality is like Joseph in the coat of many colors is knowing how to tailor to each layer not doing just one panacea-style teaching for all. And again, that's really visible here. You look at all of the different paths, all of those different signposts on those paths. You can see that there's only five paths illustrated here, and they're kind of, some are more straight, some are a little bit twisty and turny. But ultimately, there are infinite paths. And that's why people like Jadu Krishnamurti said that there is no path and there is no leader. And that eternally, there's just going to be 
billions and trillions of these findings that happen. It's the GPS callback mechanism. It's that parable of the prodigal son turning back inward. And there's all these unique styles of finding. So there's not a single panacea path or signposts. There's ones that are more efficacious. And that's why the aphorisms like I and my father are one and Tatva Masi are so profound because they're shortest and they're synthetic across the different cultures. They're very clearly pointing to the same thing. And there are other aphorisms and there are other sages that have had a lot more controversy. And so when you take things like Ramana Maharshi just saying something simple like God is the seer or St. Francis of Assisi saying that that which you seek is what is seeking. So your own seeking is what you're seeking. You are it. The seer is it. The seeker is it. That's the diamond necklace already around your neck. And again, the tailoring component to it is the most critical. It's the true simultaneity. It's the ability to tailor to exactly the level that people are at, to exactly their lattice work of the different paths and signposts. And this is also where the profound concepts of the Sufi metaphysics like Wadat al-Wujud comes in, the unity of all finding, which was, in fact, the main catalytic agent of my Satori on December 18th was finally understanding that word, thanks to William Chittick and his piece on the Ibn Arabi Society's page, where Wadat al-Wujud, for me, for a year or more, meant the unity of all being in existence, until I read his piece and it actually meant the unity of all finding in its more nuanced detail, which means that there are 8 billion unique styles of union with the absolute. Just here in this creation design, there are 8 billion unique ways for the GPS callback functionality of the absolute to work. So Maya, the illusion that's very intoxicating, works as an agent of the absolute to veil itself, to forget, and it goes out seeking externally, and then it hits the egoic breaking point and it turns back inward and this is a unique process of going outward a unique process of coming back inward and discovering the perennial wisdoms discovering the god realization each satori is unique and that's the point is that satori is happening at that speed across the infinite and that's the most unique thing is that what I experienced on December 18th of 2020 is happening at that speed across the infinite. And that's why this is the coolest game in town. And that's why the veiling mechanism is the coolest feature in town. 
we can veil ourselves from ourselves and have no idea what the nature of our reality is. It's the most beautiful thing. We forget our own nature and then we remember our own nature. And when we remember our artistic expression externally becomes more like a divine clear channel. Of the absolute highest morality. And Wadat al-Wujud then both means the God realization. So recognizing the pupil going inward as well as the God actualization. The going outward. The creative artistic contribution. The iris. But again, that can be perverted with that egoic breaking point we talked about versus the awakened awareness that creatively expresses. So once you go in, it's Wu Wei, effortless action going out. And that's the source light that refracts through each of our unique diamonds in the net. So there's Indra's net, the net of being, and it has each one of the nodes is stitched together in the net. Right here is a node in the net. And that little node has the jewel. It has the diamond and it's unique for this unit and it's unique for your unit. That's the unique individuality, the unique multiplicity. And so the source light refracts uniquely through each of our diamonds as the artistic expression. And each dreamed diamond lattice work that we have can be visualized with the AI coach dashboard. And that's something we talked about in chapter six of high level perception in detail, where we can actually take and visualize our lattice work. We can visualize our psychometrics, our biometrics. We can retain youthful homeostatic capacity, youthful rejuvenation, feel like an 18 year old for decades, if not centuries, and creatively contribute and express both externally throughout the cosmos as well as internally as we go inward into the transcension hypothesis of all of the metaverse technologies that are emerging of the artificial general intelligence the indistinguishable virtual realities the Neuralink, that type of stuff and that's why that lattice work with the ai coach is really critical because it assists both in the god realization and the god actualization process is fascinating so literally it assists with wadat al-wujud the unity of all finding i love it and then the gondola so you have the gondola over here you can see that over there on the right the gondola is the shortcut it's the rare candy it's the level up faster and you can think about that like entheogens so you can take a heroic dose of psilocybin or maybe 150 micrograms of lsd or maybe a little bit of 5-meo-dmt and what will happen is that your understanding of the nature of reality will skyrocket. But what happens is that it skyrockets like the gondola 
But then once you see the absolute, you go right back down. But you don't go all the way back down to level zero. You might go to level one, layer one. But you can't just get off of the gondola at the absolute from taking an entheogen. In a sense, the entheogens, they slowly expose you more and more to the absolute. They expose you more and more to becoming aware of awareness itself. And so entheogens are one. Another one is the direct path teachings. Rupert Spira has been a big influence on me there. So has Bentinho Massaro. And the direct path teachings are fantastic. The Neo-Advaita tradition has been fascinating as well with Tony Parsons and Jim Newman, Fred Davis. It's been really interesting studying and learning from them as well and interviewing them because they are very much like the gondola. It's very much like when you get the dream analogy, just like when you go to bed and you sleep for a third of your life and you simulate out these dreams where you immerse yourself as a first person observer in the dream. You're by the Eiffel Tower in Paris and you're experiencing the environment. And then before you know it, boop, you're in Tokyo and now you're in Tokyo and you're experiencing that environment. So the observer stayed the same, but the dreamed landscapes changed. And that's the same thing as this. The observer, the awareness is eternal and stays the same. And it gets colored by experience in all of the different dreamed reality designs. And this is just one of them. <sighs> even right now, it just feels <laughs> so beautiful just even speaking about it. To be aware of that is so ineffable. And it's home. It's home. So what better to do than to communicate home with these funny vocal vibrations and symbols and artistic distillations. And this profound moment is happening at exactly 1.11 a.m. Pacific time. We can get better at making it so that the gondola ends up bringing us closer and closer to the absolute faster. The entheogens, the direct path teachings, the neo-advaita teachings. And that's why a lot of the 
psychotherapeutic movement around entheogens has a lot to do with the before and after experience of integration. Because when you just go and trip jump and you never integrate, you're actually barely ascending. Whereas when you actually integrate, you ascend a lot fast. And especially if you can hit the tennis ball back with people that are very God-realized that can act as a mirror of the ineffable for you. And that's very much what a lot of the Neo-Advaita pointings are trying to do, which is be the the God-realized mirror of the ineffable for people. Yet, the tailoring of it, and also the jumping directly to the all is a dream and nobody is here doing anything, it's just all an appearance of modulations of energy, is a little bit jumping and there's a step there's like a two-step process that we were reflecting on with bentinho's recent teachings where rather than taking that just single step where you take the two-step is where you recognize that you are not the egoic contracted separate entity that is finite but you recognize the pupil you recognize the god realization become aware of awareness itself and then from there, once you've stabilized that I amness recognition, then you can jump to the absolute, to the ineffable, where you recognize even that awareness is dreamed. It is an agent of the infinite, of the absolute. And so the crevices are where you fall into non-middle slash tantric path slash sahaja samadhi so where you look here you see the crevices they're closer to the top and what happens at those crevices similar to when you're hiking mount everest and you've seen all of the insane content where people are hiking up to the top of everest and there are these insane fresh snowfalls that happen in these crazy crevices where people just drop like 50 feet to their death because it's just fresh powder and they didn't see it and boom. It's nuts. And so the crevices are very much like when people don't do the middle path when they don't do the tantric weave when they don't do sahaja samadhi meaning that if you're not weaving your profound enlightened realizations into the social fabric in your daily activities then you're missing the point if you want to if it's your unique expression of infinity to be fucked off in the mountaintop alone with your enlightenment then by all means, that's your expression of infinity. And if you're stuck in the egoic state and you have absolutely no interest whatsoever in enlightenment and you want to continue chasing Rolexes and yachts and private jets and Louis Vuitton and Chanel and all of that, then keep going. 
Keep going until you hit your breaking point. It's your own unique expression of infinity. And so that's why the middle path, the middle way, Sahaja Samadhi, the tantric path, the Goldilocks zone, just like planet Earth, again, great analogies, is where you take your profound enlightened realizations and you weave them into the actual social fabric with your daily activities. And that's why the combination of an enlightened entrepreneur is the best, in my opinion. The enlightened entrepreneur is like the enlightened artist and especially the enlightened engineer. So when you really synthesize the enlightened entrepreneur, engineer, artist, scientist out into the world after the God realization, it's game over. That Those are the future builders. Those are the people that are going to be the leaders of the future. Those are the ones that are going to vortex up everybody else to the top of the mountain to help meet the basic needs of everybody else on the planet. Those are the people, the enlightened entrepreneurs, artists, engineers, scientists. Those are the people. The ones that have went all the way inward to God realization and now effortlessly express themselves artistically outward to maximize planetary prosperity and abundance and flourishing. So to avoid falling into those crevices is critical. And then we use the term homeomorphisms to explain the analogies that also relate to the flat mountain. So homeomorphisms simply mean topological isomorphisms, meaning that the way that the mountain is compared to the ocean and to the well and to the iceberg are the same, mathematically speaking, that they're similar. And that's why in this case, you have the ocean slash well analogy, which we'll show right now. where people say you have to dig all the way to water. So you have the simultaneity of the multiplicity, the individuation. And that's where a vast majority of people are at. And then you go one layer down in the well and you reach a little bit of water. And that's oneness. That's when you recognize the oneness. And that's you hit a little bit of water and you a lot of people stop there but you don't stop there. You keep digging. You dig all the way until you pierce the veil, until you hit the abundant water at the bottom of the well, until you literally hit the ocean. That is the self. That is self-realization. That is God-realization. That's when you understand non-dual awareness. That's when you actually get it. Because oneness can be from a perspective of physicalism, which is where I was at in especially like the fall of 2020 in a perspective of oneness physicalism is a really good way to put it. But to shatter through that and experience Satori where you recognize that the awareness and the consciousness is it, is itself it. It is eternal. It is shared. It is what is experiencing these infinite creation designs? We are that. That's the profound shift. 
And so this is a homeomorphism, which is the well analogy, and also the ocean analogy, where you talk about the drop, the drop becomes the ocean, is the first one, the ego dissolves into the oceanicness, and then, and that's only if the ego forms, if the bubble forms in the first place, there are plenty of people around the planet that do conscious parenting for their infants, especially indigenous, where they never form the egoic bubble. They have only the truth of infinity and eternity and their individuated expression from birth. They get that from birth, which is fascinating. That's the way that conscious parenting will be moving forward. And especially given the things that we architect, like the VR pedagogy and whatnot, as we continue getting the financial support to succeed on all of those projects out here. And so in the oceanic analogy, if you do have the contracted egoic entity, that is the bubbled ego, it dissolves into the oceanicness first. And that's the first step is that instead of that's the two step instead of the one step that leaps, the two step is the first one is what we just described. The drop becomes the ocean and the ocean recognizes the waves of experience so you recognize i am the ocean experiencing the waves just like i am the sky experiencing the clouds so you're not caught up in the wave or caught up in the cloud as an egoic finite separate entity and so so that's the first step and then the second step after that is to recognize that even the ocean the witness the observer the awareness itself and the experiences of the waves all of that is dreamed and that's when you pull out that last thorn of even the witness the observer awareness itself and you recognize the infinite you recognize the absolute you recognize the ineffable the ultimate And one more homeomorphism is the iceberg. And this is in high-level perception, where you have in the most surface-level part of the iceberg, you have the relationship of the person with the objects, and they're focused on just the objects. And then around the surface level, they begin aware they become more aware, they become more conscious of their relationship with the object, just like the social dilemma helped people become conscious of their relationship with their smartphone. And then one layer lower in the iceberg is when the subject becomes aware of other subjects. So that's when you do the long games of just looking into other people's eyes, these exercises where you stay silent and you don't laugh and you don't move and you just look at their eyes and you recognize God is in their pupils just like God is in your pupils and you recognize that. And then the very last step in the iceberg, and this is at the very deepest depths of, that's why it requires that submarine to get down there. There's a lot of water pressure. It's pretty intense to be able to pierce the veil at that level, the veilless veil, the gateless gate. A lot of people stop for a reason. They are addicted to their layers of egoic identity. And so in the very last case, what you do is you turn awareness on itself. You turn attention on awareness itself, your own awareness. You turn your own attention on your own awareness. And at that point, it's game over because you get it. You got it. You found out that God is the seer. You got it. 
And that's why it's topologically isomorphic. That's why these are homeomorphisms, because the iceberg and the well slash ocean and the mountain, the flat mountain, they are all very mathematically morphisms onto one another topologically and also structurally and that's it flat mountain is going to be in high level perception in the final hard soft cover I'm so grateful that we had the Satori happen right before the Christmas publication date because it made me patient in getting excited about the adding of the Satori moment into high-level perception. But you can also find riffs on the Ineffable, which we just published on Amazon as a Kindle as well as a paperback, which is exciting. It's super short. It's just like... 20 or 30 pages or something and just a couple sentences in each chapter it's really really short and really profound and to the point and explain like i'm five to 10 short chapters and we made a whole video on it as well which you can find on our channel and so we're going to get used to that sort of kindle direct publishing as well to get these pieces of content out so people can actually get the paperbacks and the digital versions of them so you'll see that more and more I'm really excited that Flat Mountain is now out and also fully explained by me in this content. And again, concepts like Wadat al-Wujud, the unity of all finding, both God realization and God actualization. Again, really building up the lattice work of all of the different paths and signposts, turning yourself into Joseph in the coat of many colors and being able to fluidly like a jedi navigate all of the different layers of the non-dual the dualistic concession and the individuality the multiplicity again many paths one end and the very simple way of just understanding you know just on the non-dual it's just tatvamasi you're already that. I'm already that. We're already that. And on the mountain, on the duelist, the concession, it's just like the parable of the prodigal son. It's just like the turn inward. It's just like finding the diamond necklace, recognizing the diamond necklace already around your neck. And that true simultaneity around the navigation like a Jedi of these layers and recognizing that at the end of the day, that it's all a beautiful appearance a dreamed appearance, a fluctuation, modulation of energy, just like of music. It's Leela. It's the divine play. It's the cosmic play. And it's gorgeous and it's eternal. And it's going to keep happening. And so if you're in a state where you're recognizing that suffering is definitely the drill sergeant of awakening, then recognize where you're at. If you're at L0 or L1 right now and you want to understand this diamond necklace you want to turn inward on your awareness itself as the first step then dedicate yourself full time to truth because you gain compound interest the more you dedicate yourself full time to truth 
you get it faster, you seek and find and become enlightened faster, and then you weave your realizations into the social fabric faster. You become more peaceful, more happy faster, and then your family, friends, coworkers, and civilization becomes happier and more peaceful faster. So dedicate yourself full-time to it. It's the truest thing about you is that seeking impulse. I love you very much. Thanks for tuning in to this direct communication about the beautiful flat mountain which i adore so much one of my favorite visuals to date and we're going to continue making these artistic distillations even more and more simple and profound and also into a big digital sistine chapel style visualization especially of these homeo homeomorphisms and Michelangelo's massive inspiration. Definitely one of the goats. Greatest of all times. And if this video brought you value, please like the video. Please subscribe if you haven't. And please share it with other people. That would be awesome. And it'll... Be insightful for them, especially the ones that this will really resonate with, because the true simultaneity is really hard to come about. And that's why it's called flat mountain. People are like, what the fuck is flat mountain? Mountains can't be flat. You know, if that's the first reaction from somebody, mountains can't be flat, then that's a binary style thinking. That's an inability to see the true simultaneity, inability to hold two contrary perspectives at the same time. And that's what we have. We have a bunch of people that think that it's just non-duality. We have a bunch of people that think that it's just duality. We have a bunch of people that think that it's just individuality. But it's really all of them. It's all of them at the same time. The ultimate is the non-dual, but it's expressing itself as the dual and as the multiplicity. And we have to wake ourselves up to that and respect that to both God realize and God actualize. Again, that's just the pupil and it's the iris. It's that simple. It's really childlike. <clears throat> All right. And let me know how you feel in the comments below. I'd love to hear from you where you're at and how this resonated with you. And if you'd like to support us, do join. You can join the community as well. Every member that joins, we give them exclusive perks and benefits, which is exciting. And then we also fuel their contributions directly into all of our projects. That's all. I adore you so much. Thank you. Infinite love and super pumped to continue these visual distillations and syntheses on the as close as we can to the ineffable. It's so fun. It's unbelievably fun. Be humble enough to know that you can never actually distill artistically what the ineffable is but be hungry enough and excited enough and playful enough and artistic enough to get as close as you possibly can to creating maps of the territory that's what this expression of infinity is up to adore you thank you